What up, Juicy Crew? It's your girl, D. I am so excited to bring you guys this episode today. Christina's not going to be with us. She's not feeling well. We love you, girl. Sending you tons of healing vibes. Love you, Stacks. We're going to miss you. However, we do have our very first guest on the podcast. Woo-hoo! Her name is Sheena. Um, she runs and facilitates this Base in Phoenix called Archipelago PHX. There's actually another one in Denver. Shout out Denver. And Sheena and I are going to be talking about Archipelago and allyship. So yeah, it promises to be a fun discussion. Hang tight and enjoy the ride. Stay juicy. And we're live. Hi, Sheena. Hi. <laughs> How close do you need to be with this microphone? Um, I mean, Christy and I just know just sitting and the microphone is like sitting on the table. So just get comfortable. We should be fine. Okay, great. We should be a-okay. So how you doing? Um, pretty great. Happy Saturday. <laughs> Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Um, so Christina's not going to be with us because she's not feeling well, but she sends her love. Yeah. Love her. Same Z's. Same I get to see her every day, so I'm not that sad about it. <laughs> Lucky. And I would much rather her get her rest and like. That's what I do. Do her thing and. Yeah. Um, know that I'll get to see her in like 12 hours. <laughs> Whenever she gets back to work. 24 hours, something like that. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. Um, so thank you for the tea. You're welcome. Like, you're my first guest. Well, you're our first guest and you're already bringing gifts and it's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> guests tea. should bring gifts. <laughs> Dear future guests. Dear future guests. <laughs> Hook it up. Tea, snacks. Hook kidding. it up. <laughs> Sheena sitting in the bar pretty high, mm-hmm. pretty high. Mm-hmm. So how's your week been? Um, it's been a really great week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I leveled up this week. Awesome. I'm, so on, level, I'm on level 38 now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I had a birthday. Go Libra. Team Libra. Oh, in the house. Signs. Oh, um, yeah, you gotta love us. I do. I was birthed and raised by one of you guys. Actually, my mom's birthday today. Really? Yeah, it's my mom's birthday today. October 9th. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Happy birthday, D's mom. You're yeah. out there listening. <laughs> she can hear us. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah, it's a birthday today. See, all the best people that you know are Libras. No lie, half my family's Libras. Exactly. <laughs> and then I was the only fire sign fucking shit up. <laughs> you know, well, we got to like keep it spicy. I know. Well, sometimes you guys would just fed my fire, so that mm. did not help. Yeah. See how that works. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yay, birthday celebrations. That's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. Super exciting. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Um, We had two very specific topics to go over with you. So, one, talk to me about Archipelago. Archipelago. <laughs> Archipelago. Uh, Archipelago. Yeah. Archipelago. What are what all else the different is... ways? Um, all the different ways to not say archipelago. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of them. I I never really remember them all, but um, I was having a conversation last night where I was like, you know, archipelago. And he's like, archipelago? And I was like, that's one way. And he's like, this guy was fascinated by just like the word itself. <laughs> means cluster of islands and was intentionally designed <laughs> to be a conversation piece because there's so many different ways you can say it. Archipelago, 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 archie arch. If you arch, just get tired. Archie arch. The good archie old arch. archie arch. Um, well, archipelago is where we're at right now. And she always. Jared actually told me last night, he's like, we're no longer a social club. Why? I was like, okay. Because he wants to call it something different. <laughs> like what? <laughs> 
gathering space for adult humans what <laughs> I, I we kind of got to social space okay and he was like nobody wants to join a club but okay so sidebar i was literally having a conversation with my friend maybe like a week or two ago and i'm like yeah i'm, I'm going to the clubhouse and then she's like do you realize you're part of a social club i'm like oh my god i am at that age i'm like the old lady that goes to a social club to like socialize <laughs> Yeah, and it's fucking dope. It is. It's fucking amazing. I'm not even mad at it. But, like, just the realization that, you know, like, meeting people that are like-minded at this age is just, like, a little trickier than it was when I was younger. Sure because is. when I was younger, it was like, you party, you get drunk, we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now it's a little bit, we need a little bit more, like, context to these friendship things. And you're like, oh, I kind of want to hang out with people that like the same things I do. And it's hard to find that. And then this space opened up, and I was like, try. Here we are. <laughs> Yay! So for those of you listening. Yes. <laughs> Archipelago. Archie Arch. Archie 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 Arch is, uh, yeah, it's a space. It's a big clubhouse. It's this 1930s mansion in downtown Phoenix mm-hmm. on this palm tree lined street. It's stunning, to be honest. It is, it is a really beautiful building. Um, it used to be a family home, and then in the 1970s, um, a bunch of lawyers took it over, huh. which hence there's law books everywhere. They left all of their law books behind. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know this part? I didn't know that part. And yeah. the library no- makes total sense now. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So the books came with the space. Nice. And there were two people last night, so two of Jared's friends last night come into the library, and they're like, wow. So, like... This is the law. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. And then the next one walked in and said the exact same thing. And I was like, wow. I was like, I have shown this room to so many people. No one's come to that conclusion. No one's ever said that, much less like back to back without even knowing what the other person had said. I was like, that was really amazing. Oh my God. Yeah, this is the law. In one room. In one room. Well, I mean, some of them are down here. Are these? So last night we were trying to look up a law. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna go there. Um, so I was there was one of our newest members actually was telling us about this website where you can look up like the dumbest laws that have ever been in existence. Yep, I forget what it's called, like stupidlaws.com or something like that. Yep, and apparently, there is a law in Arizona where you are this is gonna take a turn, um, not allowed to have more than two dildos in your home. <laughs> have ice cream on Sundays or you can't walk on the sidewalk on a specific day but like you can't have more than two dildos yeah a man wrote this a man definitely wrote this a man definitely wrote this yeah do they have like size restrictions an insecure man (laughs) yeah yeah um that is so funny so we're actually gonna put it out there to see if someone can find 
so it's kind of like a Dewey Decimal System. Did you have this in South Africa, the Dewey Decimal System, when you go to the library and there's like a little code yeah, that you, you use to like find books? Up? Yeah. I don't know if that was an international thing. Yeah, it's an international. That's how all libraries work, friend. Um, yeah. Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing so I'm crying. I know, you're literally crying. I'm literally so crying. <laughs> I, I had to explain the Dewey Decimal System last night. So I oh, was okay, like, cool. maybe maybe not everybody knows about mm. this, right? So there is a way to like look up laws. And so we are going to give away a free month membership to whoever finds the, the dildo law in the book up there. Because we, we want the context. We want to know where it came from. We want to know when this went into oh effect. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm in Arizona. Wait, Arizona. so this so would be the funny part. In some ways, and so not. Is it still in place? Is that still a law in Arizona? Like, that's an actual thing? From what we understood, yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. That, But, like, who and why? Like, you're breaking the law. Again, a very insecure man. Two dildos. <laughs> Yeah. It's the maximum. It's the maximum. That's it. You're cut off. You're cut off. How many times are... Whoa. I'll go turn on. Oh, it's on. Okay, great. <laughs> Context. The lights just went out in, in the speakeasy where we're kind of currently sit, sitting. Why could I not speak? But yeah. Oh, that was too funny. Okay, what else did you guys discover in the law? That's really it. That was the best one. That was by far the best one. So, okay, back to Archipelago. Yes, <laughs> we are. These are the kind of things that happen in Archipelago, by the way. Yes and no. <laughs> let's not. Let's well, not, it's not all of it. It's like a very small part of the big picture, but we're going to get into the big picture. Yes. yes. Okay, so Archipelago is something that uh, one of my dear, dear friends, Jared, yes, started back in Denver. Um, three years ago, and it was this idea to take um, kind of like a, I, th- I think I still have the original email, like a Burning Man and Soho House had a baby is what the original <laughs> concept was, um, and take like some wellness practices, mash them up with social events yep. and a cool space for people to hang out. Yeah. And that's really um, kind of what was started out in Denver and has been cranking along, well, for kind of more two years than three years because of the whole COVID situation. But um, Jared came down here in April to get this one off the ground, mm-hmm. our second market. And um, I came down to visit. I remember. It was so fun because we had met on Clubhouse. Yes. Do you want to tell a story? Just background? Yes. Dee and I are clubhouse friends, you guys. Yes. We met on the internet. We real life clubhouse. I don't know if anybody remembers that app. It was... It's still in existence. Do you still go on it? No. It's the ghetto now. No. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't been on... I had one of my clubhouse friends reach out like probably like a week or two ago and was like, I'm doing my first room in six months. And I was like, I will not be there, but like cheering you on in spirit. Like I can't get back on Clubhouse. That was a quarantine thing. I don't don't know if it was like more, well, uh, I just don't have the time at this point. I don't have the desire to be honest, just because like the content right now, like the rooms that are there, it's just, mm, I'm I'm good. Yeah. Like the, I, I feel like the rooms that resonate with me right now versus then it's like 
0.8% versus the 60% that it was when I first got on there. Well, it's probably because I'm not on there doing metacognition rooms I anymore. I mean, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> you're part of the problem. <laughs> you're part of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> trying to be part of the solution. <laughs> hate being part of the problem. But I get to have these conversations with you in real life. So like, man, it's way cool. better. It's way, way better, better. Preach. So yeah, I came down yeah. in April to visit Jared. Jared was like, do you know any people in Phoenix? Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, actually I have quite a few <laughs> clients and friends from clubhouse down here. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how, I guess we, like you and Christina have clubhouse to thank. We do. Yes. Juicy exists because of the clubhouse for real. Because of the metacognition room. It all goes back to the metacognition <laughs> room. Had I not met you, I would not know about this space. And if I didn't know about this space, I wouldn't know Christina. Mm. And if I didn't know Christina, Juicy wouldn't be a thing. Juicy would not be a thing. So we actually have you to thank. So thank you, Sheena. You're, you're welcome, Dee. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so glad that me, like, having a clubhouse addiction in early, late 2020. It was quarantine times. <laughs> it was quarantine times. Crazy times. Crazy times. Yeah, so Archipelago is really a place to make new friends. Yes. Be a better human. Mm-hmm. That's it. The end. <laughs> the end. The end. Pretty simple. Um, no, and I love the fact that like there's a social aspect to it too, but there's also so much healing that happens in the space mm-hmm. that I really, really appreciate. Like the meditation classes. I've got Reiki later tonight. Are you are you staying? Not for Reiki, no. Okay. I'm gonna be here for Reiki. Amazing. Um Javante and Betty are the best. They are so adorable. So ador- <laughs> have you met their kids yet? No. <gasps> they're ridiculously cute yeah yeah they've got four of them and they are just like tiny little mini me's like running around Aww. and just oh my god they're so cute like wholesome little bees mm-hmm. <laughs> little they're humans are adorable. adorable they're adorable yes they make pretty babies <laughs> yeah no i i i really do appreciate this space i'm super glad that you know it exists and I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation with you and tell other people about it too. So, hey, listen, if you're ever curious about Archipelago, where do they find information? Um, go to archipelagophoenix.com. Yep. See our calendar of events. We do stuff like breath work, sound healings. There's a Reiki meditation tonight. Yep. Um, we do, what are some of the bigger things that I'm seeing? Well, we do wellness events and then we do social events. So, we yeah. also do. Pickle tastings and <laughs> the wing Donda V certified lover boy yes. listening parties and Jared just had the wing thing this week the wing tasting the wing tasting yeah he <laughs> loves tasting events he's like let's just sit around and eat a bunch t- try a bunch of things I'm like yeah. okay okay cool um yeah it's this is an amazing community yeah Phoenix has been just so welcoming and so receptive to this idea of. Mm-hmm having a space where you can go meet people that don't look like you or aren't from the same place as you or aren't at the same place in life as you or have had wildly different experiences than you. And I think in this day and age, when we are trying to repair a really broken society, it's important that we have safe spaces like this where people can show up and they can be vulnerable. They can also like be them whole selves. Yeah. I like the idea of like, you know, love yoga studios been to a bajillion of them yes teach yoga etc and sometimes there's this feeling of like when you're hanging out with your yoga friends you've got to like have your yoga friend hat on (laughs) what is that even like i can't relate tell me about this (laughs) you know like when you like go for smoothies after yoga class with some of your yoga friends it's like you're this is this set of friends (laughs) are you wearing lululemon in that moment obviously (laughs) obviously (laughs) 
<laughs> that predictable. <laughs> uh, no, no. And it's so beautiful segue. Let's talk about your thoughts on the 11th mm. um, about allyship. So where did this idea come about? Like what inspired that? And so let's start with the first question. What inspired you having a chat about allyship? I mean, honestly, I like to make things that hold me accountable for the work that I want to be in. Okay. And that's, that's a bigger, bigger reason of where it came from. Um, it's something that I have been in the work of Okay. unconsciously for a much longer time, consciously, um, since George, George Floyd was murdered yeah. and just really been something I've been actively taking a part in every day and mm-hmm. also recognizing that it's a lot easier to do when you're in that conversation um, when you have other people around you just like anything you're doing right like if you want to get better at yoga then you go to yoga classes if you want to get better at boxing take a boxing class and yeah. this is by no means <clears throat> me teaching content on monday on the allyship <laughs> class <laughs> Yes. No, (laughs) this is an accountability group um, where people who are in the work of being an ally to whatever marginalized group that they resonate with, all of the marginalized groups, whoever, people who want to learn more about it, people who want to find resources um, and just learn how to be in action. um, That's what, that's what Monday is going to be about. And it's on ex Columbus day. Fuck you, Columbus. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm not mad at it. In my mind, it's Indigenous Peoples Day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, So what better way to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day, ex-Columbus Day, than having conversations about why we don't need a Columbus Day? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's amazing how many people don't even know that that's like a thing. Why, that we don't need Columbus Day? Yeah, and why we don't need Columbus Day and that it's actually not really supposed to be a thing anymore, but it still kind of is a thing. So, yeah. So that's that's also why we have it, right? Because, like, that sigh right there. Like, yeah. there's so much emotional labor that these groups take on. And it's there's, for me, a responsibility as a cis white woman to to support that emotional load. Mm-hmm. And that take on some of the education and pointing into different directions and being like, here's books to read, like doing that with people um, because it's a fucking lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, so, it's a lot. It's tiring. It's really a lot. Um, and so the more people that we can have in conversation about it, the more people coming into awareness that um, the little actions that they choose to do and how they choose to show up for others is where we have to begin yeah it's what has to be that tipping point for all of us to start moving things in the right direction right and i read something a while ago and i thought it was so true we tend to listen to people that look like us more than we do people that don't right mm. oh, so if, if... it's like the mirror neurons right like that's just right. like straight up brain science <laughs> i love how you like, tie everything back to your science <laughs> But yes, but crazy. Exactly. Yeah, it's no, crazy. but it's, it's it's exactly what it is because like, oftentimes when someone that is from a group that you're not necessarily a part of expresses an, like an opinion or like tells you about their experience, you hear it, but processing it is just very different from someone that is from the same group that you're from. You're like, oh wait, because there's like an emotional link there that makes it like sit. 
yeah. versus when it's someone that you don't know, you don't have that emotional link or attachment to. It's like, okay, cool, stranger having an issue, so sorry, you know. There's so much more like intentional listening that has to happen when you yeah. are learning and being with someone that's not from the same environment as you or had those same experiences. Like you really have to set aside what might be happening in your head, what kind of judgments you're jumping to or assumptions you might be making and and really set all of that down just to be wholly and fully present to, to share in that experience with someone. True. True. So in your words, what is allyship? What is allyship to you? Great question. Allyship is the, I would say the conscious work of, supporting and um you know whether it's defending dismantling systems marginalized groups um any sort of group that's been oppressed so whether it's black lives indigenous people um lgbtq gosh i feel like right now i'm going to start falling off the side of the cliff with all of the different groups that we can start (laughs) start going with but um really it's women yeah. <laughs> Let's be an ally to women, please. And for all the men listening out there. <laughs> for all the men's in them. For all the men's in the house. Um, so, yeah. Basically, I mean, but anyone that's not a cis white male. <laughs> I think that's maybe an easier way to describe it. <laughs> no, okay. So, it's, it's I love that you, you, you went through the list that you had because that's something that always bugs me too when it comes to conversations about diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. Diversity and inclusion does not just start and stop with race, right? Oh, absolutely. There is sexuality, there is gender, there is ageism, there's ableism, mm-hmm. there's like all these things that are tied into intersectionality. Ableism, great one. Right? Like, there's all these things that are tied into, like, that are just intersectional to each other that if you focus solely on one and that's fine it's it's do whatever you feel comfortable with but understand the intersectionality like i can't be pro-black lives and be like homophobic right Right. (laughs) because there are black people that are not cis like you're like straight or cisgendered like there's like it's it's there's like intersectionality that you just have to take into consideration when we're talking about diversity and inclusion and sometimes that just gets lost in the conversation absolutely i mean it even, I think it was really interesting what happened with the um, Salon shooting in Atlanta. Um, back Which one in, was that one? Um, okay, but can we pause for a moment? I'm mad at myself and the universe. Not so much the universe, but society. The fact that I'm sitting here asking you which one was that one. Because there's just I been know. so many. Isn't that crazy? It but yeah, crazy. It was like, I, I don't know which one was that one. Um, I think it was in Atlanta. The one where um, the massage parlor um oh the men that shot like all the asian women yes yes okay i remember that yeah and so like i feel like that was an interesting moment for america to see it's like oh we to your point you can't just be about black lives and this is shifting and pivoting to another race yeah but that same idea that same um oppression exists for people who don't have the traditional sexuality or yeah. you know um, I love that you brought up disabilities like that is especially, you know, unseen disabilities versus seen See, disabilities, mm-hmm. disabilities and like really recognizing that, um, this world was made for a certain type of person. And there's a lot of people in this world that actually don't fit that mold. And so finding em- empathy, finding courage and compassion, speaking up for those who might not have a seat in the, at the table or the room that you're in, yeah. um, recognizing that, Every, all lives matter but not that way but, <laughs> you know but it's like how do we like, no. have this awareness that like to your point like you can't just say like oh i'm you know black lives matter but then be homophobic like that's just yeah. 
doesn't work yeah. like that. Yeah. No, it, it's going to be like, not that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, and, and that's the thing too, like saying Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that the others don't matter, right? It's mm-hmm. like Black Lives Matter too, you know? So like all lives matter. Yes, that's great. But unfortunately, the context of that hashtag is in contrast to Black Lives Matter. It's like, you're missing the point. Yeah. <laughs> you really exactly. are missing the point. It's like, if there's a block and there's one house on fire, are you going to like pour water on all the houses or just the one house is on fire? It was the house on fire mm-hmm. that you, that it's the house on fire that you want to pay attention to. Right. Um, but all the houses need to be safe too. So I'm like, burn the other houses. Don't do that. Let's do that. No, but yeah. Oh, humaning, humaning. I, I, I had a question right now. So for you, how does being an ally show up in your world? Like what, what are the things that you find yourself having to do as mm. an ally? And I will tell you, I now have a thing that if we're going to have allies, you have to be an ally with receipts, right? So what are your receipts? <laughs> that is my, my question. Receipts. Oh my God. I love this. Ally with receipts. We'll yes. Have to, we'll have to use that on Monday. Um, this is a great question. There are, I'm trying to think which way to start. Um, consumption has been a big one for me. Okay. Um, and by that, I mean a couple of different things. So like media consumption, mm-hmm. you know, really adding, I had quite a bit of color in my feeds to begin with, um, <laughs> but just like recognizing that listening to um, other perspectives is really, really important and consciously choosing that and consciously choosing to stray away from like what the normal narrative is like on Netflix. If I'm going to like sit and chill on Netflix my go-to is going to be a show from a black creator, a perspective from, you know, someone that does not look like me. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, I did fall into a <laughs> hole with. It's a really fucking good show. Um, so consumption, reading books, yeah. books that I read right now. And he's like, I usually am reading a um, nonfiction fiction I save for the beach and personal development book. And like the last two years have been all, um, someone that doesn't look like me. Like I'm I'm consciously picking that whenever I can buy black, I buy black. Um, whether that's the books, have you been to grassroots here yet? No, but I've been to the other stores that the couple owns because they have, um, Stardust and Sage and oh, that's the hat too? store. The hat store up the street. That's it's a couple. Too. I know. So I cute. know. They're so cute. That's them. Yes. I, I haven't been to the bookstore yet. Oh, let's go. Yeah, we should. I we literally should. like did not consciously like this was an example of it for me. Yeah. Um a couple days ago. There's a couple books on my list. I'm like, Sheena, don't get them on Amazon. I know it's really tempting. Like, go to this bookstore. Go Good to this point. Go to this bookstore. And then I was driving by Barnes and Noble and I was like, fuck, these things still exist. Barnes and Nobles are still here. (laughs) Like I could go in and swing in and get those things. I was like, no, like, don't do that. Like save your money and give it, give it to locals, you know? Um, so that's another way that I, um, really look at that. Having conversations, having the tough conversations Mm. is something that's been, um, something I've really forced myself into and, and forced because you have to like it's that idea of when people aren't around to speak up for themselves or advocate for themselves like you have to do that as an ally like that is the biggest role is like to hold that space 
And um, whether it's been with family members, with close friends, um, there's been a lot of fucking awkward conversations and sharing things that I've learned. And um, it's been a long journey to figuring out what calling out versus calling in looks like. Because I have this thing that like... Tell us about that. Okay. Uh, Well, I think right now it's... It seems like it's calmed down a little bit, but I've yeah. also been taking more of a social media pause. I'm not in the social media game like I was. Um, calling out is that is cancel culture, right? Like, oh my God, like I get it. Like we certainly want to learn from things that have happened in the past 100%. We right. want people to be accountable for their actions. However, when you call people out like that, there that elicits so so much shame and guilt. It typically is just going to per- put someone on the defensive, and they're not going to be open to learning a new perspective or understanding something different because yeah. they're just going to be so engulfed in that shame and fear and guilt that is now consuming them because they're being called out, out by someone for something. So then it's like we lose the opportunity to have a conversation that might actually shift something for them. So. I would say the difference of calling in is, is being able to not make it about making someone wrong. Like that's what it comes down to. And I have like, honestly, like some generational habits <laughs> that have been passed <laughs> down about the whole being right, making others wrong thing. Yeah. Um, and it's something I have to be really, really careful of because I'm like, don't you fucking get it? <laughs> like, why don't you know this? How can you not see this? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's going on here? Yeah. So, um, it's, that's been where a lot of my energetics and my allyship, allyship work has been is like really shifting into holding safe space to have these conversations with people who unfortunately just don't know any better because that's the fucked up part about this. Like, I think the craziest part about this world, mm-hmm. the craziest part about this world is like, how the lived experience for some groups of people is just so wildly different for others. And by design, those oppressors like can't see that in this day and age. Yeah. Like that's what's wild to me. Yeah. Like waking up to like what's really happening as a white person is holds zero compared to like what it must actually be like to live as a person of color or, with a different sexuality than, you know, what's the norm. And like, there is just a lot of that shame and guilt that comes up once as a white person, you start to kind of pull the blinders off and you're like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. And you realize that you've been part of this thing unknowingly. Yeah. Because simply because you haven't simply because of like how the system is set up. But yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. That's that idea that unless you do the work to undo the programming that exists, then you're complicit in it. And most people don't even know that they're complicit in it. And most people, most white people don't want to have to take that responsibility and lose that privilege. Right. Like, yeah, but they don't even understand that this is what's happening for them because they haven't done any kind of like, the basic work to understand why am I getting so defensive in this conversation right now or what's Mm. coming up for me right now. And it's like, Oh, these are just natural reactions to when peeling back the 
layers of white supremacy, subconscious programming that you're inevitably going to find. And it's part of the process. People are like, no, this, they don't understand the process itself. And so are resistant to it. So I'm actually curious to hear what your response to this one is, but what do you say? And I don't know if you've ever come across this before, because I have, mm. when you are talking to a white person about white privilege and they're like, I'm poor, I'm not privileged. Like, what's your response to that? <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> no, that's what I asked, asked that oh, person. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god, how much time do you have? How much time do you have? Yeah, okay, well, but like the synopsis of what you normally say, like what is what is your like your the key points that you make sure to hit in that conversation? Um, I mean it does come down to how much time I have, how much bandwidth space that I've got. Is yeah. this person going to be someone that this is like where the calling out versus calling in comes in? Because yeah. if I'm like short on time or I don't really know this person or like whatever it might be like that's where I tend to lean to like calling out it's yeah like fuck you you clearly don't know a thing about privilege go google some shit <laughs> <laughs> the end you're the not end. getting my emotional labor today <laughs> goodbye yeah. yeah um or if it's someone that I feel like is open to a bigger conversation then yeah. it's like you know tell me how you think about privilege like just because you're poor that doesn't mean that's that's not the whole indicative of your privilege yeah, yeah exactly there's so much that comes along with privilege that we're not even like awake to right yeah it's not just money um which a lot of people think it is yeah it's not at all it's not at all no it's it's funny like hearing you speak about the whole calling out versus calling in right now i had a similar situation last year so um the the elections were funny for me mm. not haha funny but they were just very interesting for me because i forced myself to actually watch Trump rallies on TV because like it, I was trying to understand I'm yeah, like okay I agree I know what I see I know what I read I know what I experience but there's this subset of people that don't see the same thing like are we listening to the same things are we watching the same things are we getting the same things from what we are seeing and experiencing as each other the answer was no yeah. and I know that conclusively <laughs> but what made it even more interesting is i have a friend of mine and she's still a friend of mine who's a trump supporter mm-hmm. you know and in my mind i'm like you're well educated i know you like i know know you like i know your heart so this doesn't make sense to me i think it's my my friendship with her that kind of forced me to go there and, and that's the beauty of having people in your circle that aren't just like you and have different views and yes. opinions so because important. because it, from a place of compassion you want to understand right it's 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 a, it's a lot harder to just simply judge them and be like okay you're dumb goodbye because i know she's not dumb yeah. <laughs> i know she has a big heart i know she's the most loving person you'll ever come across you know what i mean i love it a bit and i had spent all of trump's presidency avoiding her facebook feed mm. on purpose because i just i was like mm, no but something happened last year and I can't remember what the trigger was. And I happened to respond to a video that she posted and in my discussion with her, right. So we were, we were chatting back and forth. It was, I, I didn't feel mad about it. I was just like, but this doesn't make sense. And this is why mm-hmm. her sister who I don't know, jumped into the conversation. And I was like, ma'am, hold on. Your sister's my friend putting emotional labor into this. I'll do it in a heartbeat. You, I don't know. (laughs) So we're not going to have this conversation, especially if you're going to respond to like my points that I've pointed out in bullet points form with a meme. I'm not doing this with you. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, so it's just it's just having that awareness to say these are the people I can invest time and emotions into, and these yeah. are the people that I just choose not to. And I think sometimes as black people, especially as as someone that's black that finds himself being the only black person in the room. Mm-hmm. You almost become the spokesperson for all things black and all things black people. And there are days where I I, I I have the capacity to do that. And again, I make it clear, like, this is just my opinion. Black people are not a monolith. We are all very different. And as a black South African in the United States, my experience with race is very different. My cultural, um, the like, the cultural references and, like, historical context are just very different. Mm. Was racism a thing in South Africa? Absolutely. I grew up in parts of the part of South Africa. I went to a high school in one of the most racist parts of the country. Yeah, that so racism is a thing that I'm aware of. However, I cannot and will never, ever put myself in a position where I'm like, okay, I can speak for all black people because not all black people have had the same experiences. Right. And that's that's not fair to do that. But yeah, but I think as black people, we also need to just, or actually anybody that's marginalized, right? You don't always have to explain things to people, especially when they're things like you said, oh, well, there's Google, there's libraries. Um, after last you year... You use the Dewey Decimal System <laughs> <laughs> to look up some fantastic books. <laughs> you know, like educate yourself. You know what I mean? And 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 it's also important that as, as much as you learn about people that are not like you, it is important to find yourself, to create opportunities for yourself to be around those people. So I'm so fucking glad you said that because I... I I do want to like bring that back around yeah. to you asked, you know, what am I doing? Where am I? What are my receipts? Yeah. Archipelago is a receipt for me. Archipelago is a big fucking receipt like, yeah. to make a safe space for people that don't look like me. Yeah. And to create a space where people feel comfortable enough to have conversations and build relationships outside of walls that normally they might keep up in regular society. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is one of the most, again, important things that we can be doing right now is learning how to build like cross functional relationships with different parts of society that we don't know, whether it's old people that are older than you, people that have a different sexual background or have, from a different country, different race, like whatever yeah. it might be. I think I come from um, very diverse neighborhoods and I think, you know, I'm trying to figure out like, why am I like I am? <laughs> why am I like this? What do you mean? Like in the sense of, um, I always took for granted how many people of color I do have as close friends yeah. and like the access to those communities and how comfortable I feel in them. I just thought that that was kind of like a normal thing. Mm, Yeah. Like I really didn't. Yeah. Didn't get it. And like, in the sense of like, well, don't you like, don't you have friends that don't look like you? (laughs) No. Why? Yeah. And realizing that most of, most of America is very segregated. Yeah. And um, that my experience was actually not like, most white people's and is something that is one of the things I can look back on. I was like, okay, well like what, what did I have that other people didn't have? Yeah. Community that doesn't, that allows you to expand past what you know. Right. Yeah. And so being able to create a space like that, making room for black voices, for other voices to be heard, for other people to take the stage for opportunities. Like that is something that is really important to me. Like when it comes to receipts, uh, receipts, <laughs> receipts, receipts. Um, when I was back in Denver and doing workshops, I was working with um, a 
uh, amazing company in space called Nurture. And um, I was very vocal. And I said, like, I don't like, I, yeah, I could work with some of your other practitioners. I want to choose to find the people of color and work with yeah. them and give them opportunities and give someone who doesn't look like me a spot on my stage and share that with them. I, that's, I was like, I, there's a ton of <laughs> white brunettes that I could choose to partner <laughs> with in the wellness space. <laughs> and, um, you know, I worked at Lululemon for a very long time and yeah. seeing what that has even done when I look back at like all of the things I'm like that I've been part of, like mm, good old church and <laughs> Lululemon. I'm like, Oh fuck. I've been so complicit with a lot of this shit. I got to help undo it. <laughs> uh, but I think, yeah. Making space. Yeah. Making space for everyone to have a seat at the table and inviting people into that space. Um, there was a woman that came to vegan brunch a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and she was just like, this is incredible. She's like, what you guys have created here in the last three months is just amazing. She's like, as a black queer woman, like I don't feel comfortable going into most spaces, most spaces I do not feel safe in. Really? And this space, she's like, I just feel so relaxed and like Eddie's here and your community's great. And I was like, fuck, okay, yes, we're getting this. I love it. We're getting this somewhat right. Like we're figuring out how to blend communities and and do it in a way that feels authentic for people and um, safe yeah and I think it's so important that proximity just creates a way to experience people outside of what's in your imagination and what you've been told mm-hmm. right so to to have an assumption or to feel like you have an opinion on what black people are or who black people are if you've never been around black people and know Brenda, your one black friend does not count from work because black people do have do double consciousness. We tend to self-manage a lot at work. <laughs> so no, Brenda, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I read an article on the the five types of Karens the other day. There's a five types of Karens? Oh my God, it's fucking hysterical. Um, and like very educational. I'll look that up. Um, I'll send it to you. I feel like... <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. There's Brenda's, Becky's, Karen's. <laughs> like I learned the difference between all of them. Oh yeah. Uh huh. I just I just randomly picked Brenda's a name. I didn't even know that Brenda was a thing. Okay, maybe Brenda's not. I mean, but okay. there's definitely yeah. There's like yeah. There's levels to there's Karenism. Le- there's levels to the Karenism. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So like just just being around people for the sake of being around people mm. and just really just experiencing them as people versus this space that you're like timidly walking into, like with all these like preconceived notions of what you're going to experience. It, it just creates a different experience all around. Right. Sure. So if, if I walk into a white space, which is basically all spaces, let's just be honest. And I'm expecting to deal with like cisgendered white men with like their, what is the male equivalent of Karen? I'm still working on that. Like, is that is that a thing? Um, I've uh, Brad has been thrown around. Oh, but Brad's such a nice name. <laughs> <laughs> my very first clubhouse room. My very first clubhouse room. This was wild. Um, was um, black people ask white women questions. I've got a Karen. And so I was like, wait, what? And so I stumble into this room that has like 600 people in it. I immediately get pulled up on stage. This is the very first room. I don't even know like what's happening. I get pulled up on stage to speak. And as I'm looking, I'm like looking through this whole page and I'm one of 
five white people in this entire room of 600 people of 600 people oh my god and now i'm on stage and they're and i was like like what's <laughs> I was like, what's going on I, I was like well, the good news is you have to wait about four hours to get your turn in line to speak I, and yes. something like that so i got some time to like settle in and get cozy but um this guy whole live is his name i don't know if you've ever seen him on the streets of the streets the clubhouse streets but he has some really good rooms um, and the next night he did, um, black people ask, I've got a white man and they called him Brad. So that's where I got Brad from. Oh, Jesus. So, but he would do all sorts of different things. Like black women ask white women questions. You like mix up all sorts of groups and genders and like give people time and space to like, yeah. just ask, ask questions. questions. And yeah. it's like, that was, that was a very eye-opening thing for me to like hear some of the the white people that were on stage and some of the shit they were saying. It was just like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, okay, okay. This is where we're a big part of our society is at. And oh when you God. think about like the level of education and understanding, and um, there's a lot of fucking work to do. And that's where like just continuing to be in this there work is. for me has been very and, important. And I just think like that the divide between, you know, people in general, and well, let's speak more specifically to black and white people, um, because we can't cover all the intersectional communities, guys. I'm sorry. I love you all, but I'll just stick to okay, the great. basic one. Okay. Because it's a lot. <laughs> there, it's, there's a lot. There's, there's so, so much. many. So but I just, think, I think the beautiful part about it is that it all also, not directly translates but a lot of the same ideas oh, translate for, sure. for, for for the different groups absolutely yeah but for the sake for the sake of simplicity let's just make it black and white okay. um as a black person going into a room full of white people i have an option to either go in there with like my walls up and ready to be like oh my god i, I gotta deal with all this whiteness the other option is to go in and just see what happens see what happens and go from there <laughs> you know because i'll i'll share this last year was a very interesting year for me um when i list when i parted ways with my previous company i was in a space where i really didn't trust white people like i was this conversation last year around april no no thank you not doing this no trust whatsoever and this is this is coming from the kid that in primary school i was like one of like the handful of black kids in my whole school mm -hmm. so i've always grown up in white spaces as the only black person so that was like the norm for me navigating white spaces comes easily to me because i grew up in that in that environment but i found myself really just burned and i was like you know what i can't take white people and i remember um when i lost my job i was like cool bet i'm gonna take some time off and then COVID happened and i was like great i did not have to look for another job and go to corporate spaces thank you lord and when george floyd happened it happened on the tail of Ahmad Arbery. yeah Ahmad Arbery's um killing as well so i remember i refused to watch the george floyd video oh i still haven't i i was I like won't. no I'm, I'm not okay, going to traumatize just, myself. Yeah, I'm just, no. Um, and so it, it's, it's just like all these things happened, like in this very short, tight space of time. And I couldn't. It was, it was, I was so grateful to be in a space where I had black friends because for the first time in my life, well, moving to Phoenix, I like have like, well, not, not my life. Let me take that back. My American life. Oh. <laughs> all my friends in South Africa are black. I have a couple of white friends, but majority are black. But since when I moved to New York, all my friends are white. I was like the only black person in the circle of friends. So when I moved to Phoenix, it was different. Like my circle of friends were black. And I was like, cool, there's a safe space here for me. Um, 
And then in June, when my lease was up at my condo, I sold everything and I moved to a commune in Sedona and I was surrounded by whiteness. And I realized in that moment, like, even though I was in this place where I was like starting my healing journey with that thing specifically, I just wasn't ready to not be around people that looked like me. Right. And I was like, okay, I, I tried it out for a week and I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to Phoenix and try to figure my life out again. So I moved back here and part of the work that I had to do was remembering that it was an experience with a small group of people that aren't representative of everyone. And the reason why I was able to do that is because I have been around other white people that have been amazing allies to me that have like, my host mom is white. Mm. <laughs> my host family is white. You know what I mean? Like there are genuinely white people that I genuinely love from the bottom of my heart that I know love me and care for me and hold space for me. So I, I, I had that point of reference to heal that one very sole point that caused that friction inside me when it came to white people and white women specifically. I was like, ooh, white women, that's not a bad job. Except for my host mom. <laughs> I love you, Kathy. <laughs> I thought you were about to say Karen. I was like, no! <laughs> that was Catherine. Yes. <laughs> like, no! God damn it. That would have been tough. Oh, so tough. <laughs> you know, and, and, and again, like, I have, now I have you as a friend, thankfully, because healing helps. Um, but there are white people that have never experienced black people. And there are black people that have never experienced white people outside of a very small moment. And that moment creates their entire opinion on the entire race of white or black people. And I think that's part of the problem, right? Like Absolutely. If, if you get to experience people as just people, it's like your whiteness is not all of you. Right. <laughs> your Sheena first. And then your whiteness is just, oh, well, she just happens to be white. Yeah. Karens are different. <laughs> Sheenas are fine. Karens Sheenas are, are fine. Karens are <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> it sucks to be a Karen in real life oh, right now. Oh, it does. <laughs> like, I feel so bad. Sucks. But it's just like, it's, it's, I love that Archipelago too is that space where like, we kind of just walk in and we just people and don't get me wrong guys I'm, I'm not saying race is not a thing and we shouldn't pay attention to it and we shouldn't be aware of it and we shouldn't speak up when things are not okay but we would all be so much farther along if we just remember that we were people first absolutely I mean I think language is a big part of receipts as well for for me I love language in general, it's mm -hmm. so wildly important to understand what you words we use to create our realities and just the idea that we even label each other with race. And that's yeah. like the first thing that we do. And I would say mostly white people, but at the same time, like we all do it. We all lean into describing and defining someone by their, their race. First, yeah. Um, and if we get rid of that like what if we took away like the race off of any and all forms how interesting would that be so many things would be different so many things would be different <laughs> and anytime you look at that thing like what's always at the top of the box like it's there's weird like subconscious shit that's like going on like obviously but, tell me about that i'm probably like, like totally oblivious to it like white is always at the top of the box and then all of the other <laughs> races are always listed <laughs> underneath it i've never it. noticed that crazy I've never right <laughs> crazy oh my god get out i've never noticed that i know huh that's one of my things that interesting initi initiative one of my future receipts is that i get race questions off of like and now i always will reply other prefer not to answer i'm like i'm not gonna fucking give you this information to like yeah. continue to use against us um 
I don't remember where I was going. I had something going on there. A train of thought. Lost it. I don't know. Oh, if you remove race from the picture. Yeah, that allows us to show up just as people, right? And just even describing someone when someone's like, yeah. oh, who, who are you talking about? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to use this person's race right now. Because, yeah. like working on like rethinking how we describe things, how we think about things. Like that's such a huge part of how we undo a lot of this mess. Right. Even mm. the, I was just having a conversation recently with someone about the idea that it's not the color of your skin. That yeah. is why people are an asshole and there's racism in the world. It's white supremacist ideas is why there's exactly. racism. It's not the color of anybody's skin that has anything to do with it. Yeah. We'll often say like, it's not fair that they are persecuted because of the color of their skin. Yeah. Like, that's even like one of those small linguistic things that help keep everything in place. Like I am truly convinced that, you know, part of my coaching and what I do there is helping people with mindset, finding thoughts that in beliefs that need to be reprogrammed, yeah. get rid of them. And I think that we have collective thought patterns for different groups that help keep racism in place. Right. So for sure. Um, and identifying them and all of our groups and what are the collective collective ones? Like the idea that like racism will not end in our generation. Like that is one that like, if we don't address that, like if we're all walking around thinking that racism is not going to end in our generation, it's then it's fucking not going to. Yeah, it's not. It's not. And I, I love what you just said right now about language and why it's so important. I, I got to a place last year too when I realized the issue is not white people. The issue is whiteness as an idea because it, it exists solely in contrast to blackness and otherness. Mm-hmm. Right? So if, if, if this idea of being white and what it means mm-hmm. is the issue, then it's not the people. They are taught these things. So how do we stop this, like the teaching of these ideas and the sharing of them? And honestly, like people holding on to these beliefs and making them part of who they are. It's like, no, that's not the way to go. It's not the way to go. I feel like we got to blow it all up. <laughs> not archipelago though. We can, <laughs> no. we can hide out here. This in the is basement. a safe space. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's welcome here. But yeah, oh, I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. Yeah, I'm so excited same. for the Monday. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Um, how often do you plan on hosting these, by the way? Once a quarter. Once a quarter. Yeah, that feels like you know. I think I'm kind of going back to your original question, like where did this idea come from? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Um, really, truly was um to help hold myself accountable. And knowing that like it's life's busy, right? And if you don't make things a priority, then they often will fall by the wayside. And um, I've been really working through a lot of like my own understanding and relationship with appropriation versus appreciation mm. and recognizing that um, some of the language that I use shocking accidentally falls into appropriation because <laughs> that's just the way that the world works and it's like how many more minutes do I have <laughs> not enough not enough to cover. Um, not enough but like really sitting with that and understanding like yeah. okay well what am I what am I learning here what am I staying committed to how am I staying in this work if I'm not doing it 
through my podcast or if I'm not like directly kind of supporting and impacting like the ways I used to, it's like, how else can I continue to do this? And, and how can we make this a conversation that's a regular conversation, not something that's fucking trending. Right. I think that was the scariest thing for me was, um, when George Floyd was murdered and I was having a lot of conversations with my, my friends, like, what do I, like, I was like, how have I not seen this more? And like, what do I, like, how do I help more? And like, what do I need to do? And they're like, honestly, keep doing this. Like, this is going to be trendy for a while. And like, my fear is that like, people are going to wake up and then just go right back to sleep in this. We've seen that happen. So many times. So already. Yeah, already. And I think like, that's where um, it really hit me just like the emotional labor and weight of all of this and like how much it is really truly um, on white people to start picking that up and carrying that load, the ones that do get it and to, yeah. to start bringing in those other curious white people or people that <laughs> might be reachable. <laughs> It's like, there's this, there's this line that we have to start towing, um, for humanity right now in all honesty, because it's not fair that you guys, I really truly think that black folks are like been given on a special assignment. That's like that to be black in this world is a whole nother thing that I still don't I'll never comprehend and I will always do everything I can to try and comprehend that but like you're a special strong ass fucking soul if that's like the lifetime that you chose in this world like it really truly is and I'm here to help friend thank you Mm -hmm. I love you I love you too I appreciate you and the work that you're doing Mm -hmm. and I think that's the perfect way to end the show okay (laughs) I love you so much. I thank love you. you so, so, thank you so, thank you, so thank much. You. Thank you, Clubhouse. <laughs> thank you, actual Clubhouse. <laughs> thank you, Archie Arch. Archie Arch. Archie Arch. Archie Arch. You can also find us on social media. Yes. At Archipelago Phoenix. Yes, 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 yes. Slide into the DMs if you want to come see the speakeasy. No, legit. The speakeasy is a dope space. We'll take some pictures in here that I'll post. Um, what? No cricket. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, did you catch that episode where there was a cricket? Oh, yeah. That was hilarious. So funny. <laughs> it was like, okay, so funny. we have a cricket. It's cool. Um, it's cool. This is our cricket friend. His like, name is Jiminy. Uh, is, is, <laughs> are we naming the crickets now? I name all animals A. B, don't you know Jiminy Cricket? Yeah, okay. from storybooks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, are we just going to name the random cricket Jiminy now? Yeah, okay, for cool. sure. Bet for sure. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. It's been awesome. Sheena, I'm going to give you a hug. Yes, please. Hugsies. Love you. Thank you so much for having this conversation. It's a difficult one, and I appreciate you. Of course. Love you too, Mama. If you're an ally out there, remember, have your receipts, fam. We're not playing with you. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, because, like, people are like, I'm an ally. I did the black square. That's, I mean, we didn't get into that. The difference between allies, um... Now I'm really blinking on all my language. Um, my brain just went <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. I mean, it's fine. I, I think, though, people just need to be aware that performative allyship is more hurtful than it is helpful. Um, and if you are going to be an ally and speak up for 
people that are not like you you just make sure you have your receipts because you can't just be like no definitely have your receipts but there's also the idea of like Jermaine Fowler I have him on my podcast mm-hmm. um and we talk about the idea that ally is not even really that great of a word to be using in this really because an ally can flip on you in a battle right it doesn't mean that is true yeah so I'm really trying to think I'm I hate that I'm blanking out on anti-racist this right um anti- anti-racist is what I typically say but in yeah. the sense of wanting to be inclusive of all types of allyship um and there's also the idea that like I also don't want to claim something like it's not for me to decide like how good I'm doing at this work right mm. so like oh I God. will stick with ally as a word because that one feels um like it describes what the work is supposed to be yeah. but you know when it comes to actually like how far do you go how many receipts do you have just keep it in mind okay um yeah there's <laughs> lots of work to do sure. <laughs> i feel like we're gonna have to have another podcast episode or cut yeah. off before i my brain blanks out <laughs> no it's cool it's cool it's cool no um this is a conversation that i'd love to keep going so i'm sure we'll have you back for more discussions because you're fun to have anyway okay i love See you, you. I love you too. <laughs> all right guys peace out bye, bye. <laughs> Oh my god, guys, I wish we had... No, actually, I don't. <laughs> what I was going to say was I wish we had kept on recording our conversation because Sheena and I went on to have a much broader conversation um, around allyship um, and accompliceship was the word that she was looking for that we couldn't figure out. But yeah, it was a great conversation. Sheena, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for being who you are and thank you for everything that you stand for. I appreciate you and as a friend, I have personally felt your support and, you know, and witnessed your allyship. So keep doing the thing that you do, boo. Love you. And everybody at home listening, thank you so much for listening in. We love and appreciate you guys. Um, Sheena did mention the event that she has at Archipelago on Monday, October 11th around allyship. If you're a member and you have not yet signed up, hop onto it. We're going to be doing a privilege walk. Yes, we are. And having a discussion around it, right? Because it's, it's pointless to do these things and not have some conversation to bring some understanding around certain things afterwards. So I personally look forward to being there and helping facilitate the privilege walk and yeah, fun times all around christina still love you loving you harder missing you more until next time folks bye